Hey, Grandpa, want to go see the new movie starring The Rock? The who? The Rock. What? Yeah, his name's The Rock. Why would I want to go see a movie starring a chunk of rock? No, 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 no. It's not that kind of rock. Are you trying to take me to a movie about crack? Grandpa, what are you talking about? In my day, movie starred people, not bits of rock. Welcome to the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Ruben Uncut. Today's episode, I know, I'm sorry, I'm not going on a crazy rant about anything political or anything like that. No, today's episode is a review. I know, I know, I know. I don't care. I'm going to keep reviewing movies because I love movies. Specifically, I love comic book movies. The other day, I saw a comic book movie that is getting a lot of hate from the critics. And I just want to say, those critics are fucking wrong. And I have several theories on why critics don't like this movie. And we're going to get those in a minute. We're going to get to those in a minute. But today, but... For those who are not aware, today's movie review is Black Adam, which I'll tell you up front, if all you need to hear from me is that I thought it was a hell of a good time, then you can stop listening now because it was a hell of a good time. I enjoyed the shit out of it. And not like I enjoyed Morbius either, which I did enjoy, but Morbius was kind of like, ah, it's fun, yeah. Black Adam's fucking awesome. In fact, in fact, try to forget that I even mentioned it in a connecting sentence to Morbius because Black Adam smacks the dick right out of Morbius's mouth. For anything and everything that was uh, enjoyable, Morbius, Black Adam is better in every way. But that's, I didn't come here to compare it to that. I'm just saying, if you hear anyone say it's as bad as Morbius, smack that bitch in the face. Because it's not true. Not true at all. <clears throat> Black Adam is fucking rad. I like Black Adam a lot. So what's Black Adam about? Well, I'll give you the de- some details on Black Adam. Because I do feel like some of you who are not familiar with the comics may appreciate this movie more if I fill you in a little bit on some of the stuff the movie uh, leaves out because if I have one criticism of the movie, it is that there's a bunch of DC world building stuff in the movie that the film could explain better. I was fine with it because I know who Intergang is. I was fine with it because I know who the JSA are. But a little bit more background on some of these people probably would be a good idea. So we'll get to some of that. I will try not to say anything that is spoilery uh, and keep most of my comments. Uh, in regards to background, more comic book focused. <clears throat> so, first of all, let's give you a brief synopsis. Because some people like to know what they are going into a movie to see. I, I kind of like to go in blind sometimes. Uh, so, I, I, would pro- I might stop here. No, that's not true. If I didn't know who these characters were, I would not stop here. <laughs> um, 
so who is Black Adam? Well, Black Adam in the comic books is one of the... Now, his origin has been changed a few times over the years, but the basic concept of Black Adam is that Black Adam was the first uh, or one of the earliest champions of the Council of Wizards, uh, headed up by the wizard Shazam, who granted his powers to Captain Marvel. I mean Shazam. I don't know why DC caved on calling their version of Captain Marvel Shazam exactly, but they did. They had the name first. They should have stuck to their guns. Captain Marvel's a better name. But it's not important. The point is, is that if you've seen Shazam, yes, this movie is connected. And yes, they do reference The Rock's character in Shazam. And they also show you the wizards in this movie. And also, you're going to hear them saying the word Shazam a few times. Because it is the same magic word that gives Black Adam his powers as well. And so, yes. So who is Black Adam? Well, as the movie tells us, Black Adam... Uh, was the first champion chosen by the wizards to face a evil king, Acton. Uh, Acton? Uh, I forget how to pronounce his name specifically. Uh, but he was very Babylonian in the movie. Because the movie takes place in the fictional country of Kandak, which, uh, well, I'll get into that. <clears throat> but it's a Middle Eastern country. So that is a fun thing, is that this is a this is a straight-up Middle Eastern superhero. And that's actually probably one of the things I like about it. Now, it's not specifically Muslim, which actually is kind of cool. Because there are other ethnicities in uh, in the Middle Eastern world that we don't talk about. So it's kind of cool that there's... A, it's They have a fictional religion about Black Adam. So, okay. So we're going to move on from that. Uh but yeah, this is a Middle Eastern superhero. And actually, I think that's why a lot of the critics are uncomfortable with the movie. I'll get into that more in, in a minute here. So, but Black Adam is the original champion chosen 5,000 years ago to, def- uh, to defeat this guy who was essentially about to become an evil version of the champion, of the wizard's champion. Essentially harnessing the power of of uh of a bunch of demons whose names put together spell out the word sabak. Uh I believe that's S A B P E C K. So no, there's no K. I think it's a C. Or is it it might be A at the end. I forget. I'm not looking it up. Keep moving along. But anyways, so Black Adam, or as he's called five thousand years, Tath Adam. Because he is, oh, I'm sorry. He is Egyptian powered. So I guess you would assume that Kandak is somewhere near, Kandak is assumedly somewhere in the Middle East near Egypt. Uh, because Black Adam's powers do come from um, primarily uh, Middle Eastern gods like Horus um, and other Egyptian ones. Uh, I'm, I would have to look up all the names. Uh, there might be some Zoroastrian stuff in there. I, I, but I think it's primarily uh, Egyptian. But anyways, but anyways, so Black Adam is the is the first champion of the Wizards. Uh, however, if you've already seen Shazam, then you already know that the Wizards didn't care much for their first 
uh, champion. In fact, they said that it went poorly. And the movie explains how that happened. And it's got some nice twists in there. And I actually thought the emotional moment uh, connected to the twist was actually surprisingly effective for me. But then again, I'm I'm a sucker for the specific type of emotional moment that they that the movie goes for. I'll go into that. Um, I'll probably talk about that in the spoilers. <clears throat> Don't worry, the spoilers will be after the commercial. And then the Council of Wizards seals Black Adam in a, in a tomb for 5,000 years. Now, in the movie, what happens is that... Um, actually, I'll get into that. So, in the movie, what happens is that um, there are a group of freedom fighters, people who want to protect the country of Kondak, because in this movie, Kondak, in the current time period, has been invaded and taken over by criminal organization, by criminal corporation, uh, intergang. And they are essentially our white colonizers who have come to Kondak and taken it over and now they are extracting its resources, including a rare mineral, mineral called Eternium. Now, the movie doesn't give us a lot of context for Intergang. As far as you know, they are just a bunch of white colonizers here to murder, uh, here to steal the resources of brown people. But I'm going to give you some background on Intergang, because um, this is actually one of the things I would fault the movie for. Is it doesn't really do a a very good job of establishing or or explaining who Intergang is. Now, in fairness, Intergang, the way Intergang works within the movie, you don't really need to know a whole lot about them. They are sort of the faceless... In the movie, they're sort of a faceless corporation. No one who runs Intergang is important to the plot. So I kind of get why it happens this way. But at the same time, um, I do feel like the movie could explain a little bit more about Intergang. So who is Intergang? In the comics, Intergang, I believe they were created by Jack Kirby, is a is a evil criminal organization who is not only international but intergalactic. Their whole deal is that they sell is that they sell weapons uh, using technology that are either advanced, supernatural, or in most cases, alien. That's what they're about. They are all about harnessing alien technology for weapons manufacturing. And they're led by a dude named Boss Moxie. And they are Superman characters. They are originally Superman characters. Um, Intergang. Intergang, actually, I really like the way they're implemented into this movie. This is actually totally makes sense. And it also makes sense that they're, that we never meet Intergang's leader because Intergang's leader lives in Metropolis. Um far away from a country that he controls but doesn't really care about because all he wants from conduct is its eternium so we never meet this man in the movie but he he would he hopefully does exist and hopefully we'll we'll see more of intergang in future dc movies because this movie really does make me excited for dc movies and want to see more dc movies it it feels like a positive direction it feels like the best possible compromise of of the tone along with the things that DC fans want in movies. That's how I would describe Black Adam. It is so far the best compromise we have seen in that. Uh, in an attempt to sort of like even things out in, a, in an attempt to a larger appeal. I would say this is easily 
the best compromise that DC has put forward in that regards. I've I I'm a huge DC fan and I've enjoyed a number of their movies, including the ones that have felt sort of like compromises like Harley Quinn. I really do a lot. I am a huge fan of Shazam. Uh, I actually like I think I like Black Adam more than Shazam uh, because Black Adam delivers some things that Shazam just doesn't. Shazam's a great movie, though. Still love it. In fact, you know what? It, Shazam is totally worth watching. Maybe even worth watching before you see this. Because so let me get back to the synopsis. <clears throat> so a a bunch of uh, conduct freedom fighter types have come to are trying to locate the crown of Sabak, which is the sacred item that is used to infuse the powers of Sabak into its its um, champion. And these freedom fighters want to move it because they know Intergang is looking for this crown because it's a mystical, powerful item. From what I've just told you about Intergang, it makes total sense that Intergang is after this thing. In fact, it's, the Eternium and this crown, the, the crown is made of pure Eternium, by the way. Um, <clears throat> Eternium, by the way, is a mineral from the Rock of Eternity, which is where the Council of Wizards live who granted the powers to uh, Billy Batson and Shazam. Moving along. <clears throat> So, these freedom fighters, I, I'm forgetting her name, uh, but she's, she, uh, I'm forget, I don't know the actor's name either, but she does a really good job in the movie. Um, and she's got, she's got a kid, and this, honestly, I thought this kid was great. And the, the reason I like this kid, we'll get to the kid in a minute. Okay. But basically, she's, they're, they're going to essentially go into this, to, this tomb to rob it so they can steal the crown so they can make sure that, Intergang can't get their hands on the crown because they're sick of these intergang guys and they know if the intergang gets this crown, they'll just become way worse. But basically, she's going to the tomb, they steal the crown, intergang shows up. Of course, intergang shows up and ruins the whole thing. And this woman, <clears throat> this woman who knows this, who knows like the story of Adam of Teth Adam, essentially enacts the spell of Shazam and summons Black Adam, freeing him from his prison. Because the people of conduct still view Black Adam as a hero. Now, if I had to describe Black Adam, I would say that Black Adam, and I'll use D&D terms here, Black Adam is a wizard barbarian dual class who is a wizard barbarian dual class who uh, who whose uh, alignment is chaotic neutral. That's how I would describe him. You play in D&D, you, you may be getting an, an image of the type of character that I'm describing. And he is probably max level in both of his, uh, <laughs> both barbarianism and wizardry. It's not possible in 3.5, I don't think. But, you know, if this were second edition, he could be a level 2020. Although no one would play set, well, you'd have to play in second edition for a long fucking time to get to there. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, anyways, this woman steals the crown, summons Black Adam, <clears throat> and Black Adam basically comes in and just wrecks in her gang. It's honestly awesome. Uh, I felt like. 
part of me wanted to be harder on the fact that they chose to intercut a uh, some classic rock into the sequence when honestly the the regular regular or uh, the regular like the composed music for the movie is fucking kick ass. So I don't know why they felt I had to do that. However, it was a song that I really like. So I am allowing. <laughs> and basically, but Black Adam gets wounded because the uh, intergang has weapons that use Eternium. And Eternium is capable of kind of hurting him. And so it fucks him up a little bit. And essentially, the Freedom Fighters take him to her home. <clears throat> the Freedom Fighter and her brother take Black Adam to her home. And... uh and basically put uh, Black Adam in her son's bedroom. And I want to, after this, I'm going to sort of move away from the general synopsis. Well, no, I still, there's a couple more things I got to say about the general synopsis. But basically puts the kid, uh, him in the kid's room, which is actually, uh, there's some very funny stuff about the kid's room. Because one of the things I really like about the movie that I thought is really cool because I watched Shazam is that literally this, the kid in this movie if you remember the character Freddy from Shazam, he's literally like little Palestinian Freddy from Shazam. We'll get into that in a minute. But I, I, I thought that was actually a really great touch that this kid who befriends, <coughs> befriends Black Adam and he and he wants uh, and he wants Black Adam to become the superhero of conduct and, and all this stuff. And and I thought that was a really nice touch. It really like it. It gives the movie a really great way to ground itself. And honestly, I thought the movie was really funny at points. Like I don't know. I I I enjoy like the I find the humor from a stoic character being forced to interact with non-stoic characters. I think I'm sorry. It's one of my favorites. I think that's hilarious every time I see that. And maybe that's that's like the D and maybe that's why I always play dwarves in D and D. I don't know, uh, <clears throat> but I thought I don't know. I find that's that that stuff hilarious. So this kid's manic and energy bouncing off of um, black at, uh, black Adam for the whole movie. I thought was just like that's a that's a type of humor I can appreciate. That's that I, I don't know. That's funny to me. Um. <clears throat> Because the kid wants Black Adam to be a superhero and stuff. And, and, and like, he's trying to explain to him catchphrases. And now, like, we've seen the jokes about superheroes trying to get catchphrases. And um, it's funny. Honestly, I thought it was funnier here than in Thor, Love and Thunder. And I liked Thor, Love and Thunder. But I thought it was funnier here. Because in Thor, Love and Thunder, it's just Jane being a goober. But here it's it's a character who like literally doesn't understand the concept of catchphrases, like trying to figure out how to how to use the catchphrase because this kid keeps telling him it's important to do. <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's like if you thought Drax was funny in Guardians of the Galaxy, you will probably think a lot of what Black Adam does is funny. But like I said, Black Adam went absolutely ape shit on inner gang and just wrecked shit at the beginning at the beginning there now the thing is that this is a big enough series of explosions and chaos for the united states of america to notice it so amanda waller 
government, metahuman, whatever, gets on the horn to the Justice Society of America who proceed to get ready to send off essentially a team of two veteran Justice Society members and two newbies. This Justice Society is made up of the following team members who I will give you details about uh, so that you will understand them a little bit more. First up, team leader, Hawkman. The movie does not go into Hawkman's origin, which is probably wise. From the comic books, Hawkman's origin is notoriously convoluted. What do I mean by that? Well, you see, the thing is, is that Hawkman is both a constantly reincarnating soul of an Egyptian prince and <laughs> a alien space cop. He's both of those things. Both of those things. He is both of those things. Uh, which is a, which is because of the <laughs> the strange combining of Silver Age and Golden Age mythologies at a certain point in the DC timeline. Uh, but so yeah, he got a complicated backstory. Although I don't know, maybe I just, maybe I've finally figured out a sentence that can sum up his backstory. But the point is, is he's a space cop. And he's got a space cop attitude, and that plays through heavily in the movie. Like you can feel, you can feel the cop coming off of him. Like he specifically refers to the kills that he specifically refers to the killings the Black Adam does as extra extrajudicial killings, implying that there is a proper time to kill people, but Black Adam is not doing it. It's very upsetting to him. <laughs> like any cop, he's mad to he- see other people using the violence that was promised only to him. Next up on the team is, in this, in this movie, a, a, a pretty effective friendship. Uh, Aldous Hodge plays Hawkman, by the way. I think I, I, this is the first thing I've seen him in. I Well, that I remember seeing him in. It's possible I've seen him in something else where I didn't realize who he was. But I thought he was very good. I thought he did a great job as, as Hawkman. Overall, Hawkman looks pretty sweet. Uh, they do a good job of Hawkman, in my opinion. If you like, if you're a fan of Hawkman, there's enough here that you should get excited about. Um, I definitely, definitely like what they do with Hawkman. They don't really give you a lot of his backstory, but like the character comes through, and I, I thought that was cool. Um, but his best friend is uh Doctor Fate. Now I know what you're going to say. Hey, this guy feels a lot like Doctor Strange. Except Doctor Fate in the comic books uh, predates Doctor Strange by about 30 years. One of them being a Golden Age hero, one of them being a uh, Silver Age hero. Well, actually, wait. Doctor Strange, was he Silver Age or was he in the 70s? Was he Marvel Age? <clears throat> I have to look that up. But the point is, is that he actually, as a character, predates Doctor Strange by quite a bit. And the whole and they don't give you his backstory either because it is also complicated. <laughs> but basically, uh, there is a helmet called the Helm of Fate, and the Helm of Fate. Now, I, 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 assume... no, I don't want to give you spoilers. The Helm of Fate is a helmet containing the soul of a, I think his name is like Nabu or Ubu or Nibiru, something like that. something. 
like that. But he was an ancient immortal whose soul got bonded to this helmet, and he is a lord of order. But the the helmet is currently worn by one Kilt Nelson, played by Pierce Brosnan, who is great. Oh my god, he's fun. Uh, and he, he like he's a good actor. And like even though like even though the film doesn't fill us in in the background, what's great is that like you can feel the acting is good enough that you can feel the friendship between Doctor Fate and Hawkman. It's fucking sweet. Um, so that you can feel their friendship. They do a good job with that. Um, even though this is the only movie we're seeing them in together. Um, but yeah, Dr. Fate is a Lord of order. Um, one of the many <laughs> supernatural forces that guides the chaotic world. That is the DC universe. There are also Lords of chaos who are the counter to the Lords of order. But I, but I continue the, the uh, the junior members of the Justice Society in this movie are Adam Smasher. Now, Adam Smasher also has a very interesting history, but not a lot of it's necessary for understanding his character specifically, but I'm going to throw it in here anyways because I assume my knowledge of comic books might be interesting to some of my audience. So Adam Smasher, originally a JSA member called the Adam. Now, Silver Age Adam and Golden Age Atom, that's A-T-O-M, uh, are very uh different. They mm, very different. So you see, at one point in the 1940s, there was a character called the Atom. Now the thing was, the Atom was literally um just a uh, well a little person, uh, literally just a really super strong little person, um who ran around in a wrestler's uniform, but he was like super strong. And he but he was also like, you know, a little person. Uh, what type of uh, dwarfism he, he had, I don't know, but uh, that's what he was. And when they updated uh, when they updated his care, but when they updated his character in the Silver Age, where in the Silver Age, a thing, a thing that DC did was they took a lot of their a lot of their characters who had stopped selling between the, the silver age and the, between the golden age and the silver age, they took them and they rebooted them with sci-fi themes. So the atom was essentially the, how you see the Ant-Man in the MCU with the growing and the shrinking and the going to an atomic uh, alternate universe stuff. That was actually all done first by the atom who was the Silver Age reboot of this Adam. However, when they brought back the JSA into main DC continuity, they were like, hey, we can't have the Adam on this team. No, the Adam's on the Justice League right now. He can't be on the JSA. What if we brought back the original Adam? Oh, by the way, there's a fun cameo of the implied uh, older version <laughs> of who was originally the Adam Smasher in this universe. Um. It's a fun little cameo. Look for it. Um, it's an actor cameo, not a character cameo. Well, I mean, technically it's a character cameo. <clears throat> but, so in this movie, uh, so DC rebooted the Atom as Atom Smasher, who has a similar costume to the original Golden Age version of the Atom. But also, Now he also has the powers to grow and shrink. Also, although he doesn't, 
interesting. He doesn't grow. He doesn't shrink so much as get super giant. He mostly gets giant. In fact, I don't think he in this movie ever totally shrinks. I think Adam Smasher primarily just gets giant. Um, <clears throat> and uh, basically we meet him and he is a he is the nephew of the first Adam Smasher. In the movie, he's the nephew of the first Adam Smasher. And he he's a fun he's just a funny, nice Jewish boy. Um uh yeah, who who has a nice who has a decent dynamic with the other I know uh something centineo centineo I don't know. He uh, I I this is the first thing I've ever seen him in, but uh, apparently he's from something else. Um Nick? No, that's not right. Uh so then <clears throat> we've got Oh, yes. Uh, Cyclone. Now, Cyclone is another interesting reboot. Um, so, so another Cyclone is technically a what happened when is when you try to bring a classic character back into continuity when you already have a character who's already using that name. Uh, so there's a DC character called Red Tornado, and he is most commonly known as an android who has wind elemental powers. Interesting, right? He's actually a pretty cool, interesting character uh, who has a really good, um, really good storyline in Brad Meltzer's uh, Justice League. I think it's called Path of Path of the Tornado or something. Um, it's a really good book, really good, um, especially if you want to read a story about Red Tornado. But that's besides the point. He's not in this movie. Who is in this movie is Cyclone. Uh, and Cyclone is essentially a reboot of a character who was originally called Red Tornado in the 1940s. Red Tornado, and I, I'm not making this up, Red Tornado was literally a superhero who was a woman in pajamas with a uh, pot on her head who would just like really buff, like, mo- like really buff mom type, like literally just like a stocky woman who would like. Who could who could clean house? That was that was the original. It was a comedy character. It was a comedy character. Um, but at some point, someone was like, "Hey, what if we tied Ma, the Ma Hunkle character into the JSA?" And that's kind of where he, uh, this is. Now, I'm not familiar. Cyclone has actual wind powers, um, making her closer to the new. Uh, it's implied that this is like the dis like some type of uh, descendant of the first Ma Hunkle, because her last name is Hunkle. Huckle? Hunkle? I think it's Hunkle. Um, But she has wind powers. And this does lead to an unfortunate comparison of her to Storm. Um, But that's really not her... Like, she is specifically wind powers. But she has a nice chemistry... She has a nice chemistry with the Atom Smasher. Um, she doesn't do as much as some of the other characters, but she she definitely has her moments to shine in terms of action. Um, and she also has the kind of powers that prompts filmmakers to do Zack Snyder's type slow motion a lot because, you know, it, it's just good for catching that uh, type of visual. <laughs> so... The JSA swoops into conduct to basically try and arrest Black Adam before he creates global instability. Because that's really what they're about. 
They're there to enforce American hegemony on this on this country in the name of protecting some type a a well an American homage. The word I just said earlier successfully, but now for some reason can't say. That's and that's what the movie's about. Like there is a big final villain at the end and uh, that is very CGI and it gets very action-y and it ties into the overall plot. But some people have complained about this this villain feeling sort of very, you know, Marvel third acty, Marvel phase one third acty. And that's not, it's not unfair. It's not unfair. He is, it is one of those things where it's kind of like, oh, he's the evil He's the eviler version of Black Adam. We have Shazam over here as the good version. We have Shazam. We have Black Adam as the neutral version, and then over here is always the evil version of this of this type of power. Um, so he, it does have that. It's not a perfect movie, but it, so it does kind of have that. But I'm not bothered by it so much because it's not because ultimately the movie. The movie is more about the concept. How I would describe the concept of Black Adam is even though the powers and everything are radically different. I would say that Black Adam is best described as what happens if you let white people into Wakanda. Because it's kind of like Black Panther, except imagine if a, a bunch of white people had come to Wakanda and taken over and enslaved its population and started to strip mine its precious uh, rare material only found in this part of the world. Because that's what Black Adam is. Black Adam is an aggressively anti-colonist, anti-imperialist, anti-colonizer message throughout its core. In fact, I would say maybe a reason that some of the critics feel uncomfortable with this movie and whether the movie is trying to do this on purpose or or not is the fact that it has a unbelievably unavoidable like it's it's impossible to look at it for any type of anal- analysis and not see this as a statement on Palestine even if it's not intentional. And I think that might be why some critics might be uncomfortable with it because for a lot of the movie, what I was thinking was this makes me think about Palestinians. (laughs) And I don't know if the movie is going for that. I honestly don't, but because of the setup, because of the world elements, it's an almost impossible thing to not see. It's this superhero in the middle East who is essentially awaking 5,000 years later to find that there is this white, also a rock. It also like, it's also, it's also probably meant to be a rock. It's they probably were thinking more of a rock or like Afghanistan when they did this, Um, or actually even other parts in Africa, maybe, Uh, but that's not really the point. The point is, is that ultimately this is a movie, but a superhero wakes up in his home country to find that it is no longer his home, that it is occupied by a bunch of white invaders with advanced technology who are strip mining and robbing his people of their resources. 
And when he wakes up to to do something about it, because he technically has been summoned by these freedom fighters to hopefully fight intergang. Um, and then America shows up to be like, hey, hey, we think you should be in jail. And of course, the Americans show up and what happens? Well, they start wrecking shit. They start having a lot of fights. There's a lot of collateral damage to buildings and everything. Uh, yeah. It's, it would not surprise me if some people were made uncomfortable by this movie. It's, if you're, if you look at it anywhere beneath the surface of what's happening, it gets, it's very anti-imperialistic. It's very anti-colonizer. It's very pro-freedom for essentially, I don't know if indigenous people is the right term, but you get the idea. The JSA represents interventionist policies in a Middle Eastern country. It's going through its own shit. Yeah. Of course, eventually the JSA and Black Adam have to come together to work to fight Sabak. And it's a jolly good time. I will say to the critics who said they thought this movie was humorless, you have no fucking soul. I don't understand how you can't laugh hysterically at a movie where, where essentially just Black Adam doesn't believe in doors. And the way that he just... Like literally, he would just he would just stand up and like hover his way through a wall. It's honestly very funny. Is the movie perfect? No, no. It's it's got a lot of. There are some touches in the movie. The over the topness associated with a lot of DC movies is still here, and you're either gonna love that or you're gonna hate that. Um, but there are some moments where I was like, this feels extra <laughs> dramatic. Uh, but I'm down with that. I, I get how it might be off-putting to some people. But like, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it being bigger than life. Those interesting like little uh, uh, sort of, I, I don't know how, there are some WWE elements to it all, you know? So yeah, I thought Black Adam was a blast. In all honesty, is it a perfect movie? No, but it is pretty fucking rad. I don't know how I feel about a a uh, part black Samoan guy playing a Middle Eastern hero. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's it is better casting than a white guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but honestly. I had a blast from beginning to end. I went with it. I went to it with my mom and even my mom, my mom doesn't know any, of the, almost any of the shit I just explained to you. And yet she had a good time too. And she thought it was quite funny. And I'm not, I don't want to oversell the humor. It's, it's very much, this is a, it's very funny. It's very action packed. A lot. I've read a lot of reviews where they said that they, the emotional moments didn't hit for them. Gotta be honest. Maybe it's cause I'm more familiar with the characters Maybe it's because I'm a sucker for some of the types of emotional uh, moments that happen in the movie. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I thought they hit. They hit for me. 
So yeah, I definitely recommend Black Adam. All right, I'm going to go to the spoiler section here in a moment uh, to get into maybe some 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 more uh, detailed complaints and pros and cons of the movie. But um, if you listen to this part, I honestly I got to recommend it. I got to recommend it. go to go to your local theater, check it out. Black Adam needs your support. I genuinely had a great time. Genuinely had a great time. In case you're about to stop listening, because I'm about to go into the spoilers. Now it'd also be a great time for you to positively affirm your approval of my podcast. In whatever way you do that, on the podcast system you're listening to it on, like it, review it. I know that I know that Apple does that five stars. I know that Apple does stars and reviews for episodes. Go ahead. I'd love you to review any of my episodes. If you're listening on Spotify, I, I don't know. I got to go on Spotify. <laughs> I'm sure they have some type of liking or positive affirmation system. and uh, Or subscribe or, or, or whatever it is you do to make sure that you get every episode my podcast delivered to you that it can be and uh please like and and share and you know just spread the word if you've enjoyed listening to me if you're about to recommend podcasts to people be like hey hey i know you haven't heard of this guy but you should check him out all right now that the shameless self-promotion is over please join me in the spoiler section provide you've already seen the movie this movie is fucking awesome. I don't want to oversell it. I'd probably give it like an eight, roughly in that range. Some my friend who liked it also gave it a seven, but uh, I'd give it an eight. But that's just because I dug what it was putting down. Okay, we're in the spoilers now. We are in the spoilers now. <sighs> All right. So I thought Black Adam was sick as fuck. I thought it was funny. One of my favorite things in the in the movie is that Black Adam just floats his ass through walls and he does not care <laughs> about using the doors. That's honestly like it I I just found it very funny, especially since later in the movie it is confirmed that he knows what doors are. He's just not using them by choice. Like that's the chaotic neutral energy we're talking about here. I love that. That's hilarious. Um, oh, man. It's just, I'm not even sure where to begin necessarily. I really liked Dr. Fate and Hawkman. I really liked how Hawkman just didn't want to give up on things. Like, so like, the Hawkman and Dr. Fate, just they nailed that, they nailed the sense of like superhero friends. Friends who are superheroes and who've been doing this a long time. And like, that I fucking love that. Um, there was not a spoiler in this. I wish I'd said that in the other part. So I, I, I do have very mixed feelings about Pierce Brosnan's character dying at the end. Now, I mean, in fairness, the Doctor Fate helm has had many wearers. Kent Nelson is just the first uh, in the comics. But I was very sad when he sacrificed himself. There was a part of me that was literally hoping it was an illusion almost the entire time. 
Although the part where Hawkman picks up the helmet and and uses some of Doctor Fate's powers is also pretty fucking cool. I don't know if the helmet works that way, but I'll allow it. So I guess the main spoiler thing here to talk about is just Sabak. <clears throat> so I'm not super familiar with the character Sabak uh, from the comics. Honestly, I got to assume he showed up in the JSA. Um, a thing I didn't say character wise is that I, I didn't want to spoil this, but maybe I should have spoiled this. Um, a fun thing from the comics is that eventually um, Black Adam joins the JSA in the comics and that eventually he leaves. He at one point, I think he I think he I think he leads them for a brief period. Um, but basically, he, he eventually leaves them to go back to lead conduct. And one of the things that happens in that storyline actually is that Adam Smasher defects from the JSA uh, to join him in conduct. And like, honestly, there was some nice little interplays between um, Adam Smasher's character and Black Adam. Where like, honestly, I think the studio should go with that. Yeah, bring this kid back have him defect conduct at some point for some reason. Just like maybe he starts to agree with Black Adam. Yep, do it that like you fucking nailed that energy from the comics let's let's bring that around let's bring that back let's get him in let's get him in the sequels let's let's see that comic book thing happen i, I dig it i dig it so sabak the whole deal with sabak is is that sabak is in this in the thing we we meet this character who is like in all honesty like i knew he was going to betray I knew I, I I I could I could see a I could see a guy who was who was a traitor from the from the moment I saw him. Like he was acting fishy almost immediately. He was acting fishy almost immediately. Now, a thing the movie does not make clear enough is that he is not actually a member of Intergang. Uh he is some he well, I mean maybe he is, but he is like literally like a spy, a turncoat. He's here to. Um, he's here because he's a long descendant of um, the uh, that king who was evil and created the crown. Now, the thing about it is that um, first of all, he he's very obviously evil. Like very, like I knew immediately. And another thing is that he works with Intergang, but the movie does not make it clear what his position in Intergang is. And if I'm being honest, well, I mean, he definitely doesn't run Intergang. I, I want so like this is the thing is that when he does, when Black Adam, the thing that's funny is that when Black Adam kills Sabak, um, it's basically just implied that he's going to take care of Intergang next because Intergang is not destroyed at the end of the movie. Intergang is still around. They're just not a real threat to Black Adam. So the movie doesn't focus on it. But Sabak is the threat that gets everybody on board. But so the guy. So but basically, and that sort of is the weakness in the movies that like this guy has only a tiny bit of backstory, although he does have one really great line in the movie where he's like before conduct was free when Adam was king, what Atama was king conduct was better than free. It was great, um, which is which is uh, which is wild line. Um, it's a great bad guy line. It's a great bad guy line. Uh, 
But essentially, that's what Black Adam chooses is freedom, which actually is interesting. In the comic books, Black Adam becomes essentially like the autocratic ruler of conduct. But in this movie, he rejects sitting on the throne, which is which is interesting. He decides to view himself as their protector instead of their leader. How Aquaman of him. Well, later Aquaman. Comic book Aquaman. Various periods of Aquaman. I'm getting in the weeds with Aquaman. I've gone off track. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So, Sabak. This might not be a very long spoiler section. I feel like I've encapsulated most of the things I wanted to say without going into spoilers. Oh, man. There's just a lot of fun stuff in the movie. Like, I love that uh, I love the interplay between Black Adam and the kid. And, oh, we got to talk about the twist. We got to talk about the twist. So in the comics, Black Adam's a little bit more evil because he actually is the the uncle of the kid the wizards actually choose who he like murders and steals his powers. But in the movie, it's a much more less evil <laughs> little ad- adaptation, which actually, and it was the type of thing I'm a sucker for. Like literally, so what happens in the story is it turns out that um, Black Adam is in fact not the champion that the wizards chose. Um, the champions the wizard chose was his son, who uh, who was a great, who was a very k- great kid who wanted nothing more than for the people of conduct to be free from their oppressors. And essentially, the um, his enemies, assassins, found his family. And and they and they kill them and he comes and he finds his father dying. And the moment where he finds his father dying and he he says he gives his father his powers to save his father's life um, and then is immediately killed in his mortal form by his enemies, assassins, causing his father to go on a rampage uh, of vengeance against King uh, Atom. Not Adam. Atom. Atom. I gotta look up his fucking name. Uh, I'm not going to. <clears throat> but so yeah, it's fucking rad. I'm a sucker for this. I'm a, I'm a sucker for for for. Uh, I'm a sucker for parent child shit in movies. I, so like the whole scene where he saves, where he's saved by his his son's love for him is so great that he 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 does that to save him and like the thing is is he could have if his son hadn't been killed he could have given him the powers back too but i'm a sucker for that type of stuff uh it got it all the 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 themes of like parental love and um loss of parental love in the in the dc movies is is a very is a very continuous theme that's in almost it, it's in a lot of them it's it's in a whole lot of them um, it's a major. It's a thing that comes up across all the Zack Snyder movies. It's there's it's, there's some of it in in David Ayer's Suicide Squad with Deadshot and his kid, um, the Aquaman and his family dynamics, um, Wonder Woman. Parental stuff just is is one of the reoccurring themes of the DC universe, and I'm cool with that. I actually think that's really cool to have these types of reoccurring themes throughout their universe. Well, like the bond between parents and children and whatnot. I think that's cool. Um, uh, and it's in uh, like a movie like Logan, technically a Marvel movie. It's not a DC movie, but it's in there and, and I'm a sucker for it. 
Uh, so yeah, no, this uh, this stuff worked for me. I also like and uh, also the stuff with uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for these types of emotional things. And the part where where Black Adam he accidentally injures a child, so that's why he make decides to give himself over to the to the Justice Society to take him away. That's so good. It's so good. His escape seems a little over the top, but it's very good. The thing with yeah, no, I'm bummed about Doctor Fate's death, but someone also come back with the helm and. Oh, but Pierce Brosnan was so good in the part. I didn't want him to die. <laughs> I'm like, no, I want more Dr. Fate. Bring back more Dr. Fate. Don't kill him. He's so good. <laughs> Fun fact. My mom did not recognize Pierce Brosnan uh, because now he is old. <laughs> and of course, okay, I got, okay. It's, it's impossible to not mention it. But, uh, part there everyone applauded in the theater uh and but i had to explain to my mom why actually it was a lot of people in the theater when i saw it uh i had to explain to my mom what the applause was for and but of course that applause was for the arrival of superman the return of henry cavill superman does he have a ridiculous jerry curl uh yeah but I'm okay with that. Did he come in with the John Williams theme? I'm okay with that too. Actually, I, I honestly barely noticed it. Um, you'd think I would notice something that I comment. But, uh, and it, is it a little bit clunky? I, do I like the idea of, of Superman cooperating with uh, Amanda Weller? I don't really. Um, I don't really care for that. But, but like it makes, but like I understand why that's why it's happening. It's because you have to justify this intro somehow, and like maybe in the future we can establish a better dynamic between a Waller and uh, Superman. We don't want him to be a. I don't want Superman to be a bootlicker of the government. It's not my favorite version of him. There's the Dark Knight Returns version of him, but you know Frank Miller. <laughs> Frank Miller didn't really have the minds. Frank Miller is not a good writer for Superman. Let's be real here. Um, but Superman comes in and it sets up the conflict between Superman and Black Adam. And my God, do I want this movie to pay off? Listen here, Snyder Bros. If you want the Snyderverse restored, we're going to need to make some compromise here. And if that means The Rock is involved with the restoring the Snyderverse, please suck it up. It's not going to be 100% pure Snyder mania okay I love the guy love his movies love what he does but you're gonna have to open yourself up to some compromise I mean Jesus Christ if you want Snyder back you need to show that Warner Brothers that Snyder branded the stuff that Snyder is brand adjacent like this movie because this movie is a good compromise of Snyder's stuff with the more lighter uh, funnier stuff it's a good compromise in my opinion and that's the kind of stuff you want more Snyder stuff, you gotta go make this movie happen. Get get some money in it. I will probably buy this movie when it comes out, to be completely honest. I don't expect everyone to like this movie as much as I do, but I do like this movie. So yes. Henry Cavill is back. The sequels. I'm hoping the Warner Brother Discovery announced sequels with both Black Adam and Superman 
do happen. I hope that even if the movie loses money, I hope it shows them that there's something to build on. And I think, and I, I hope, I recommend this movie. I enjoyed it. I don't know if you'll enjoy it as much as me, but my mom had a really good time. And she doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. Except for the stuff that I've explained to her. <laughs> and I barely explained anything to her about this movie, and she still liked it. So, I thought it was fun. Is it is it a cinematic masterpiece? No. Is it is it my superhero movie of, of the year? So far, no. It's still the Batman. But this is, unless a superhero movie came out this year that I'm forgetting about, this is probably my number two as far as superhero movies go. I know what you're going to say. No, Spider-Man came out last year. It came out last year. <laughs> this is for this year. And for this year, I thought Black Adam fucking rocked. The Batman is still number one. Though. Please uh, like, subscribe, review. Feel free to email the show at rubenuncut at gmail.com or leave me a voice message on my anchor. I believe they're limited to one minute. So keep how much you disagree with me about movies to one minute. Au revoir.